This GCN program brought to you by Frederick Remington. Fully cooked bacon, the thickest, meatiest, center-cut bacon in the industry. Available at fullycookedbacon.com. That's fullycookedbacon.com. standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg so here's the deal chris o'brien is he's not taking a sabbatical i really shouldn't say that he's got some last minute commitment that he has to meet and won't be here to talk with us and of course our guest this week walter bosley on the other hand at the very last minute, the very last second almost, we reached into our selection of potential guest co-hosts and we asked a gentleman by the name of Randall Murphy to join us. You know him in the forums as usual suspect. So hi there, Randall. Hi, Gene. So here's what we're doing this week. We'll have Walter Bosley in our next segment, but you and I should talk a little bit. Did you hear the After the Paracast episode with Monty Shriver? That, yeah, that was excellent. Uh, I think that's a must-listen to for anyone who's interested in UFO crashes. Uh, That was fantastic. Yeah, well, here's the thing. He did an incredible amount of work in looking into the Aztec case and was unable to verify anything. But he did tell me after the episode he made a mistake. He said he misspoke when he said that Virgil Riggs, one of the key figures in Aztec, attended Harvard. He went to Columbia University. That's the error. But this guy is so deliberate and careful about checking his facts. Well, that's a that's a minor thing compared to all the other claims that are made that really can't be very well substantiated or substantiated at all, really. It's mostly just uh, rumors and interesting stories. The thing here is I'm reasonably satisfied at this point that Aztec was the creation of one of the people mentioned in the book from Frank Scully. And that's it. That seems to be the the most reasonable explanation at this point. I mean, there's so much mythology about that. And yet when you go looking, I mean, there's no evidence of roads there. What were they doing? Did they completely deconstruct them all and cover everything back up so that there's not a trace left of it anywhere? It just doesn't make much sense. You're right. But, you know, if there's any rumor at all, when you add that to the desperation that people have to look for evidence about UFOs, and sometimes they just go overboard. And I think that was the problem with Steinman in his book and Wendell Stevens, that they were probably too desperate to find things, and they tried to, I guess, take the book behind the flying saucers and look into the background of it. But what has always been troublesome about Aztec is that it doesn't originate before the Scully book. People in Aztec, New Mexico, a town of about 800 at the time, remember nothing. How do you do that? How do you have all these military people showing up to drag this huge flying saucer away 
you know, people in a town that small, those of you who live in small towns will understand, can't sneeze without somebody knowing it. How big a city did you grow up in, Randall? Well, I'm originally born in Calgary here. We Back then, it was a fairly small city. It's now over a million people. But I also grew up out in a place called Invermere, which is on Lake Windermere, which is near Fairmont and Radium Hot Springs in B.C. Small town, a couple of thousand people. And you're absolutely right. If anything happens, everybody knows about it within a week or less. And people have long memories there. They can sit and reminisce about the good old days a long time ago, and they'd be doing that if there was any remembrance of it. Well, I hope that ends it, but it doesn't. You know what happens in the UFO field. You debunk something, you show there's no factual basis for it, and people will say, yes, there is. There's still people following George Adamski. He's the real deal. That that actually kind of amazes me. Uh, we yeah, I think uh, uh, one of the British researchers who I had really had a great respect for, Tim Good. He actually was I was surprised to hear him say that he was still kind of a believer in giving credibility to the Adamski case. It, how does that happen? Uh, he was one of the best researchers in the field at one time. So. I was surprised. We had him on on December 22nd, 2013, Chris and I. Yeah, I remember that. Sure. And he goes into this Adamski thing and I'm saying, what? What are you doing, man? Now, on the previous occasion, it was January 13th, 2008. I don't recall him pushing Adamski then. I think he must have uh, some assistance with his editing and research, and somehow this this one just slipped by him. Uh, I'm not sure how. He'd worked for QFOs, uh, assisted them. Uh, I, I don't really get it. But uh, these things do come up, and how they keep resurrecting is it's just a matter of regurgitating the same thing. Somebody digs it up and goes, oh, this is interesting, doesn't do much follow-up research on it or trusts somebody who they think is credible, and the next thing you know, there it is. It's the way the UFO field works. This is why people call it toxic, because all these things happen. In any case, if you're wondering how to listen to the Monty Shriver episode, here's what you do. You have to join the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. The After the Paracast podcast is one of our premium features. We've got others. We also offer you the commercial-free version of this show. So check it out. Prices start just $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month. And again, you get this show commercial-free. You get After the Paracast, which you can see is unpredictable. Sometimes we just talk. Sometimes we have special guests. Sometimes we have people like Monty Shriver, totally different, unexpected guests. A few months back, we had Nick Pope, but not talking about Rendlesham or UFOs, but the fact that he takes a very mainstream viewpoint about conspiracy theories that a lot of the things that we regard as conspiracies, he says, well, you know what? Maybe not. And by the way, speaking of conspiracies, I've been in touch with Ken Thomas. Ken Thomas, of course, was our original conspiracy theory guest on the Paracast low these many years ago, starting in 2006. He's got a new book coming out very soon. And as soon as 
that's taken care of, we'll work to get him back on the Paracast and catch up and see how some of those older conspiracies hold up after low these many years. What happens? That sounds like uh, something to really look forward to. I realize that. I realize that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I don't always take all that stuff seriously. I wonder about some of the 9-11 conspiracies, for example. But Kennedy assassination, I remember hearing the late assemblyman from New York, Mark Lane, also a book author of Rush to Judgment and other books, where he was showing off why Kennedy could not have been killed in the way they said. It couldn't have been a lone gunman. All these theories... And he had a very credible version, very credible story to tell. I went to see one of his lectures. Then I told Jim Mosley about it. And of course, Jim attended one of those lectures with me. And we had dinner after the session. In those days, I had later hours than I do now. And we talked a lot about it. It was just fascinating. In any case... We'll be talking a little bit about conspiracies in a sense here because we've got our old friend Walter Bosley. Of course, he worked as an AFOSI agent. He worked with the FBI and he has this incredible background. He's got this book out called Shimmering Light, Lost in an MK Ultra House of Anu, a story of paperclip Nazis, Roswell, UFOs, a hidden race, and perception management. Our co-host is Randall Murphy, known as usual suspect in the forums. Walter Bosley's coming. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
years, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Hey, diabetics, yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But Pill Pack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need Pill Pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Returning to the Paracast is our old friend Walter Bosley with all this FBI and intelligence stuff on all that. The key here, of course, when you have Walter Bosley is there's a million things to talk about. But one thing we won't talk about much is politics. And as Walter and I observed just a moment ago before we started, you can't do that anymore. People are too polarized. No more politics on the Paracast. But then we talk about Air Force secrecy, about UFOs and disclosure. And we're talking about government agents. And we're talking about men in black. And that gets into politics, but then it's not necessarily Republican and Democratic politics. So we've got to watch ourselves, Walter. Sorry about that. Hey, no apologies necessary. I'm happy to avoid that. There's so many other things to talk about still. Now, before we had you on, and I know you've written about Roswell, I mentioned (laughs) a special guest we had on the After the Paracast podcast, a supplementary show, Monty Shriver 
who is a retired professor and accountant who lived in Aztec, New Mexico. He was a teenager when supposedly a flying saucer crashed there. And he spent an entire year trying to verify the case, including talking to the people at his class reunion, his 50th class reunion, saying, anyone remember this? No. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> um, to me, that's kind of the the state of where Roswell is at right now, is that there's so much that when, when people kind of take a step back and take a breath and really dig into it, they're finding that these things that people have accepted as the facts for, you know, 30-some years or more since Roswell became popular um, are turning out to not be so. And, you know, 30 years of that, it's definitely hurt investigation of the case because now we're, I mean, decades beyond um, even where we were when it, it, it entered the public view. So it, it, it hurts trying to find the truth about Roswell. And we're, we're back at square one because of this. Well, certainly I'm glad to say the Aztec aside. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that that one, you know, that that's that's kind of an offshoot of the whole Roswell uh, thing. And um, it has been out there lingering and people have gone back and forth on it. And, uh, you know, it's important to clarify these issues. But sometimes people want to just cling to the uh, popular myth. So, you know, clarification is made all the more difficult. You know, they just don't want to let go what they want to believe. And I, I think I think we're finally at a point at Roswell where, for example, with Roswell, I know we're talking about Aztec, but, you know, with any of these, you know, I think we're at the point where there's enough saturation of the one particular hypothesis and nothing's really coming of it that people are ready to kind of look at these situations fresh and uh, consider other options. Well, last week we had Nick Redfern on, and he's got two books about Roswell, Body Snatchers in the Desert and the Roswell UFO Conspiracy. And as you know, he's got a viewpoint that says it involves some kind of human experimentation. Mm -hmm. Rather nasty, rather dirty kind of stuff, grisly, Mm -hmm. so far as I can see. Now, you, of course, have approached this. Where do you think Nick went with this does it look to you as something credible i liked about you know nick's approach is that yeah he's he's looking at it from something through something other than the um, usual et hypothesis filter because there are um you know details and little little bits about this case and these other cases that um kind of defy the the et hypothesis as an answer and whereas i have no problem with the possibility that what nick has come across and what he proposes is something that um, might well have gone on i you know my position on roswell is that there there's other factors that would speak to something else other than than that however you know as you know in in my book that, that i've recently put out there you know um on my approach to Roswell, I do state that one of the possibilities is some type of secret classified project. You know, I say that uh, it might have been a classified first attempt 
at manned space flight by, you know, the United States and the Operation Paperclip Nazis that we inherited. Um, and maybe they did use folks who had had some type of uh, medical or physical issue because they considered them expendable. Now, that, of course, puts it in a category that some might say is, you know, nasty and reprehensible. Yeah, which would serve the purpose of uh, why such a tight lid would be clamped down on it because it would be embarrassing. So in that regard, Nick might be onto something. I, I definitely acknowledge that. Uh, but but primarily the, the value of, of Nick's approach is because, you know, Nick goes into this. He's a journalist. He really does approach all this stuff like a real journalist. He jumps in and he digs things out and he presents what he finds and you know he presents ideas when he does theorize uh, based on stuff that he finds and it's i think it's as reasonable as anything else that's out there if not more so than some so yeah i, I give him kudos for pointing out something other than the et hypothesis i think the problem is in those early days there was a lot of experimentation going on mm-hmm. this is right after world war ii Right. We get all the Nazi scientists who were instrumental in giving us a space program. We have all yes. this other stuff. We have the technology, the scientific experiments we acquired from the Nazis and the Japanese. Right. Right. And I think it's very likely we did funky things. Oh, sure. You know, I would have to agree with that statement because, you know, as you know, um, it, it was when I went into writing about my dad's, when I jumped in to do this book on my dad's situation, and I discovered how instrumental, how at the core of MK Ultra and, and just Operation Paperclip itself was Army Air Corps and then, of course, U.S. Air Force Aerospace Medicine was really the main driver in Operation Paperclip. I, I had not realized that, that, that it really was the Colonel Harry Armstrong and General Benson who started the Aerospace Medicine Division within Army Air Corps, which became the Air Forces. And these were the guys that were really pushing um, at the end of World War II to get these Nazi scientists for their, their aviation medicine. This is what much of the U.S. Air Force Aerospace Medicine, Aviation Medicine uh, Division, and manned space uh, travel, uh, the pursuit of that, was based upon was what these guys wanted to get from these Nazi scientists. And going back to what you said, we know what reprehensible, awful things the Nazis had been doing in their medical experimentation. So, you know, yeah, it, it like you state and, and like Nick proposes, this is why it's not unreasonable to consider um, the, the value of where Nick, you know, goes with that and where, you know, what we're discussing. Let's break here. We'll have Walter Bosley. His latest book is Shimmering Light. Our guest co-host is Randall Murphy, known as Usual Suspect in the forums. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. 
Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Heart disease is on the rise. Clogged arteries, high blood pressure, and high cholesterol levels may not be fully detected by you, but the symptoms are there. Loss of energy, blood sugar spikes and drops, poor circulation, and irregular heartbeat are just a few of these that can alert you that something is wrong. Hear how heart and body extract is making a difference in thousands of people's lives across America. My blood pressure has normalized. My diabetes has totally improved. Everyone is telling me now how much healthier I look, and I'm telling everyone how much healthier I feel. I recommend heart and body extract to everyone. Anybody over 40 in the North American continent should be using this product as a preventative to keep their cardiovascular system healthy. Order your two-month supply today by calling 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. Or order online, hbextract.com. Heart and body extract, 866-295-5305. Or hbextract.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything. Your home, your car, even your life savings. Step 2. Call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step 3. Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future. And you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
Yes, we have the one and only Walter Bosley joining us. His book is Shimmering Light. And Randall Murphy is our guest co-host. Chris O'Brien is off on, we'll call it special assignment. And he'll be back next week. And we were talking about, I don't know if you call them the good old days after World War II, where so many crazy things went on. How much of that stuff, Walter Bosley, is still maybe unknown or lost in the rumor category? Oh, wow. Well, we know for a fact that in the 1973 Church Commission, when the CIA was pretty much ordered by Congress to reveal um, what they had been doing under MKUltra, we know that the CIA was only uh, required to reveal what they had been doing under MKUltra. What the public didn't know, what kind of slid by, was that the Air Force U.S. Air Force um, and, and the other branches had done a little bit of it, but the U.S. Air Force had enthusiastically latched on to MK Ultra in the 50s and started their own separate program. And they've never been ordered by Congress or anyone to reveal what they had done or do under that program. So you're looking at whatever it is the Air Force. And for that matter, really, the rest of the military, the Department of Defense, has ever done under MKUltra, th- that would remain classified to this day because they, they weren't required to reveal it. So imagine there, you know, to answer your question, I- imagine what a big chunk of something, you know, might be there. Uh, who knows um, to what extent they've taken it? Um, we're talking decades now. We're, we're, you know, 60 years or more that um, – this dates back. So your guess is as good as mine. What could still be out there to be found out? Well, sure. One thing I'd kind of like to focus here on, though, is, you know, why should we sort of uh, dismiss the possibility of alien visitation as a possible explanation for some of these things? Like uh, Friedman says, you know, there's everything else that is out there besides UFOs, and then there are UFOs. So, sure, maybe we have some secret technology and maybe there's been some psychological manipulation but what about the real thing how does that relate to the real thing are these programs being used as disinformation to cover that up or what do you what's your take on that uh, walter uh, they certainly could be used of course as disinformation to cover it up but remember the, those of us who you know advocate you know, my position, what I'm saying is, is that I no longer buy that Roswell was an ET situation automatically. You know, we have seen decades of the ET hypothesis being pushed at the forefront of Roswell and, and even assumed that that's right. And, and we're speaking, I'm speaking of Roswell here as an example. Um, you know, we've seen that pushed as the foremost, the accepted theory and time and time again in in the last couple of decades, we just see it fall apart because, you know, witness memory turns out to not be that good. Or in some cases, they, you know, some of them were just making stuff up. Um, it In that particular case, the ET hypothesis um, has fallen apart, really. However, I've always said, you know, I'll say it here and I've said it elsewhere. I I don't completely discount the ET hypothesis. I don't do that at all. I, I've i said, I, I think I'm convinced that they're out there and that they come and uh, visit this planet. I just don't think that uh, ET in, you know, 
well into the 90 percentile of things that ET is the the answer that so many people go to. I, I mean, you know, we're, we're in a time now where, you know, take, take for instance, the popular TV show. It has become a meme, you know, um, if somebody can't find, you know, the mustard in the pantry, oh, it's aliens, you know. Uh, and I give that as an ex- a humorous example. But, you know, we, we've been to that point where everybody's knee-jerk assumption now is, oh, it's E.T. And when you look closely, it's – I just – I and a lot of others – increasingly just don't think that's the case we want to we want to encourage you know take a step back and you know look at the other possibilities et is certainly in the mix i grant you that and i've always said that et's definitely in the mix on these things but um it, it's not necessarily the sure thing that's really the main point Oh, absolutely. I don't think any responsible ufologist would automatically jump to the conclusion that something strange is alien. Right. right. Well, you know, what you said there was key, though. You said responsible ufologists. There's (laughs) there's a whole lot of irresponsible ufologists out there, you know, you could say. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I I agree with you. The, The good ones know exactly what we're talking about here. So how would you differentiate between the two then? We've got some really interesting stories, which, you know, we really got to get into that because your stories are always really interesting. How do we differentiate between what's going on there and uh, what may be happening with alien visitation then? With going on where? In in the non-alien possibilities or? Yeah, your theories on... uh, Breakaway civilizations, for oh, example, right. that sort of thing where there might be some sort of hidden technology or sector sure. of civilization producing uh, technology that's mistaken for alien visitation. Right, right. Well, um, I've, uh, I've proposed, from my point of view, E.T. is in the mix, but when you're talking, for example, about the breakaway civilization issue, I think E.T. is in the mix um, ages ago. Um, and I've spelled this out in a couple of my books. You know, they, they came here from somewhere else. They brought their technology. They kind of spiked human civilization with it. And then they handed us the ball. And then for ages, you know, we carried it. We lost it. We've been trying to refine it again. And, and it's been long enough that in essence, what what we're talking about here and what we're trying to develop is, has really kind of become our own, inherited many ages ago by E.T., but at the same time, yes, um, other ETs have come and gone. I think, and maybe they've you know spiked it once in a while. So ET is in the mix, um, but you know, in my view, we we have this this uh, parallel human technology that has been developed through time, uh, through history, and for whatever reason, you know, again spelled out in the details. Um, you know, they've chosen to keep it uh, close to vest, classified, you know, particularly in the modern era when you get into, you know, military issues. You know, nations always feel like they need to keep their secret weapons secret, that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that our, our uh, legitimate classified military technology, I think the stuff that um, is owned by the military and controlled by the military industrial complex and these human breakaway civilizations, I think these account for, like I said, into the 90 percentile of what people see. But there is that remaining, you know, somewhere somewhere between 5 to 10 percent, I'll say, that I think is definitely the something else, either people from, you know, 
possibly other dimensions or other, you know, physical space worlds, the, the classic ET model. It definitely 5 to 10%, in my opinion, would be that. That would be in keeping with uh, actually the original Project Blue Book findings, I think, that was about, well, actually 20% were unexplained, but they reduced it down to about 5% afterwards mm. uh, it, with the Air Force, just sort of arbitrarily. But, uh, I mean, even they say there's a certain amount that just can't be explained even sure. with what they know. Right. Right. Which is intriguing. It's that 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 little tidbit right there is, I think, the most intriguing little bit that brings all of us from whatever perspective we're coming from. That brings all of us to that table because we're all fascinated with that little five percent, I think. And we all want to know, OK, what is that? I'm going to ask you a few more questions going back to the old days and the government's influence on early UFO history in a moment. Once again, the book is Shimmering Light, Lost in an MK Ultra House of Anu. And Walter Bosley, our guest co-host this week, is Randall Murphy. Some people know him in the forums as usual suspect. With Gene, Walter, and Randall, you're in The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how we can work for you. 800-912-6177. That's 800-912-6177. Again, 800-912-6177. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place, and the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. 
Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating an extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Back to the early involvement of the government in UFOs. Are you familiar, Walter, with the book from James Carrion, where he wrote about the ghost rockets being some sort of government thing to spook the Russians? I've heard him talk about it, and I've wanted to read it, but I haven't got my hands on it yet. Yeah, I've 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 heard about it. Yeah, it's the Rosetta Deception, mm-hmm. and he was going to write a book also about the Roswell Deception, which I mm-hmm. presume continues the same vein. And the unfortunate thing here is he's been kind of out of touch lately. We were going to have him on the Paracast a year or two back, and then there were some family issues, and so I don't know what take he makes on Roswell. I assume though. It's going to be the same thing, Mm -hmm. that UFOs being used as a cover for something else. Mm. Do we see that in the early days of the UFO field? I don't see why not. It's logical within, you know, this point of view that I've certainly advocated uh, recently, you know, between breakaway civilization and and secret post World War II um, attempts at manned space flight, uh, UFOs would be the you know the classic mysterious ET UFO would be the perfect cover for you know activities of those two particular ventures that I just described. So we can say that it probably went on, and even if. That's too far out for folks. You know, UFOs is a cover for just 
plain old advanced uh, aircraft technology or even for missile activity is also a possibility. So we have to say the answer to that question would be yes, that um, we there probably is an extended degree of using this whole UFO UFO thing to cover, you know, for uh, for hidden for classified technology. Certainly, uh, I'd agree with that. I have a bit of a, a problem with that. If we, if uh, maybe maybe we could see just to sort of analyze this a bit. We've got this top secret memo from Wilbert Smith back in 1952 mm-hmm. that says that UFOs are more highly classified than the H bomb. That mm-hmm. flying saucers exist. That their mm-hmm. modus operandi is unknown. This is. According to that memo, the most secret, highly classified project in pretty much their whole inventory. Why would they use that then as a cover for other things? It, it to me, this doesn't seem to make much sense. I mean, why that it, it'd be like using the Manhattan Project to cover for Project Ultra? S- somehow, I don't see the logic there. Well, the the problem I have with uh, the 1952 issue, because that comes up, I, I think, you know, the uh, the MJ-12 papers have a 1952 connection. And what a lot of times when people bring this up and relative to ufology is that the uh, the JIC, the Joint Intelligence Community, had done an assessment in the late 40s that said by 1952, we would be in total war with the Soviet Union. Okay, clearly that did not happen, but but that was when 1952 really first came up in uh, these documents, and it was a very real-world issue. So what happened was that put the year 1952 out there on the table, and there were um, a few things discussed relative to this JIC assessment, this Joint Intelligence Committee assessment that had been done. And people have been interpreting that to mean ET and in space UFOs and such when that might not be what they what they were talking about. Um, it, it, I, I would have to see the memo that you're talking about, you know, sitting in front of me to comment further in an intelligent manner. I, I don't have it sitting in front of me. It might be one of the ones I looked at you know, for my book, but I looked at a lot of things. And um, do you recall, what, who was the author, Wilbur Smith, you said? Yeah, Wilbur Smith, he's, um, this is the Project Magnet memo, uh, Canadian. And uh, apparently this uh, document's now stored at the archives at the University of Ottawa. So uh, okay, we don't seem to have any reason to think that the matter wasn't mm-hmm. more highly classified. Oh, sure. I, so, I, don't, I, I don't have any problem with the classification at all. It's, so, if, it's, I mean, if they're classifying UFOs higher than the H-bomb, why are they using it as a cover story for something less? Uh, okay, when I say using UFOs as a... If t- I have to admit, you know, mea culpa, I thought it was implied we were talking about ET UFOs. Um, okay, yes, UFOs, according to this document, this Canadian document, were clearly in Canada, you know, more classified than the than the H bomb. These those particular UFOs might have been the classified technology that was very earthbound, very human source that you know could have been from the they they thought from the Soviet Union. Okay, right. I I get the gist of what you're saying, but the yeah. same memo also says. 
that flying they, saucers they, they, exist and that their modus operandi is unknown. So, I okay, mean, if they're talking not, about if they're talking about not, existing technology, how could they say that it's unknown? Okay, you can see an aircraft. Okay, some type of advanced aircraft and not know whether it's from the Russians or the Chinese or the Lithuanians or the Venezuelans, okay? Clearly, you can see that it's some type of earthbound technology, but just not know who the source is as far as which nation, okay? And I think that is probably, speaking of logic, more logically reasonable that that's what unknown meant. Now, what I was trying to say a minute ago is that I think that they use the ET um, themed UFO idea as a cover for actual technological things. In other words, and I've said this in the past too, when you're testing your um, advanced aircraft, let people think it's little green men from Mars. Let people think it's little grays from Zeta Reticuli. You know, that's better than them knowing it's U.S. Air Force. Okay, that that's what I mean by that. I, I think that's a better, clearer um, way to state what I was stating earlier. Let me go back earlier in this thing, since we're covering different issues, kind of catch as catch can. Back with the Arnold sighting, the Kenneth Arnold sighting, and it's important to mention this year, because the anniversary is coming up. True. In the next few weeks. 1947... 2017, 70 years since Kenneth Arnold. Now, the linchpin of that case is the fact that these objects were traveling at at least 1,200 miles an hour. And Mm -hmm. I recall that actually Arnold really originally estimated 1,500, but used a lower figure. Now, if he got that wrong, and maybe it was 400 miles an hour, Mm-hmm. it's possible he was just looking at some kind of test aircraft or something. Sure. And where would the UFO field be then? Exactly. <laughs> Not where it wants to be for a lot of people. Well, there were plenty of other sightings besides Arnold's. I think afterwards, it's. I think we'd still have the mystery. We still wouldn't know what the unexplained ones are. Sure. Right. We, we would have enough consideration of the other possibilities that perhaps, um, you know, more uh, uh, of the mysterious possibilities, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, might have been explored a little further. Um, so it, it's uh, it's just it's just something that, you know, needs to, we kind of need to notch back and recognize, you know, look at what was going on at the time and, and be a little bit more uh, honest with, Hey, you know, this could very well have been, you know, human technology, which in itself is a fascinating solution. But I, again, I'll say that none of that eliminates totally the more mysterious otherworldly uh, possibilities being in the mix. Now, here's something you might find interesting. Walter, um, mm-hmm. also in the Project Magnet memo, mm-hmm. uh, apart from them not knowing what the modus operandi is of UFOs, it does mention that the U.S. authorities were looking into them and that one of the possibilities that for the as an explanation 
is that there might be some sort of mental phenomena. And you were just mentioning uh, MK Ultra, and mm-hmm. so maybe there's some sort of connection there. Well, you know, there, there's two possibilities I see there. Uh, you know, the one that a lot of people would go to, of course, would be, gosh, were the guys messing with MK Ultra? Did they perhaps create the phenomena somehow or, or use it to create this, this, you know, ET mythology? Walter okay. Bosley, Gene Steinberg, Randall Murphy, we're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack. Attack. Of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we look at this situation here. We have all these government guys creating things and possibly creating a UFO mythology. And that creates another problem, Walter Bosley, which is how do we separate the UFO mythology from the presence of real UFOs? What's uh, left? Well, well and, and to finish what I was saying uh, a moment ago, per, perhaps, you know, the MK Ultra guys, um, as Randall had, had asked, perhaps they were studying um, this phenomena because it naturally 
uh, was curious to them because they were all interested in, you know, they were deep into the mind sciences. Maybe that's why they had their hand in this really is because what was going on in the, in the heads of people. So, you know, then to answer your question about how do we separate the mythology from, you know, the reality? Well, you know, the simple answer is use basic um, objective as as objective as possible investigative skills. You know, just kind of take a step back and just separate the wheat from the chaff. The uh, A remote viewer does this when they have their column of the analytical overlay. Analytical overlay, or AOL, is the um, stuff which leads to assumptions about what it is you're viewing. And these assumptions are just based on psychological prejudices and, and you know, just human framework where you got to put a label on something to understand it. And you set that stuff aside. Well, you get, you're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do this. The same thing with UFO study and, and ufology is you have to be able to admit to yourself how many of your conclusions are just your assumptions that your mind is doing really for comfort and just stay on the objective. Don't necessarily assume what it is you know you see, just state what it is you see. You follow me? You see the thing floating in the air above your house? You know, to, to say that it's from another planet is an assumption. To say that it's a flying object above your house is the reality. That's what you're seeing. You don't know yet where it comes from, you know, and, and really it's just, it's that simple. People have to take a step back and again, try to, you know, maintain the objectivity. However, that said, I've also been involved in discussions and of the school of thought where the, the fact that these things are happening to people can be very subjective. The specifics about what people are seeing can be very subjective um, to the point where the phenomenon itself appears to be, in many cases, to be reaching into the psyche of the witness and, and letting them see whatever it is they prefer to see. In other words, you have this this object, okay, or this being or this entity, you have this source of the phenomena, okay, and it has its own actual form. However, it reaches into the psyche of the, the human witness, and it allows that witness to see its form as whatever that witness wants to see it as. So the one person is looking at an ET, the other person is looking at, you know, a Nazi in a spacesuit, and yet a third person is, you know, maybe looking at a kangaroo, okay, um, floating in an Easter basket. That could be going on here too, and that could have fascinated the MK Ultra guys. So uh, by all means, what's going on in the human psyche is very important in this and um i think it can change how a lot of people start looking at this phenomenon and and i will add that it doesn't make any any one of those three people who saw the nazi the kangaroo or the et it doesn't make any of their experiences less valid because they are still all encountering that initial odd object whatever it is what about things like ufo contacts ufo abductions and i'll mention one case that Nick Redfern refers to quite often, Orfeo Angelucci, where he meets this guy, I guess a military type guy, at mm -hmm. a diner. Do you recall the story? And he mm -hmm. supposedly takes some kind of pill or tab uh -huh. from this guy. And uh -huh. very naive guy, Orfeo Angelucci, he takes <laughs> it and then suddenly all strange things happen, like he's taking a psychedelic or something. Sure. 
Yeah, how about that? <laughs> he meets a guy. The guy gives him, you know, something he ingests. And, uh, you know, th- this touches on so many of these experiences. And actually dating back to ancient times when people would meet the, and I'm doing air quotes here, the so-called fairy folk, and, you know, they would be given, you know, something to eat. Uh, you know, th- this is uh, partially what inspired, you know, what Lewis Carroll wrote in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, you know, Lewis Carroll and his generation, they were discovering, you know, recreational drugs through the opium and stuff. And Alice in Wonderland can be said to be as much about that as this other thing. But it, it also dates back to, you know, the when you go into fairyland or encounter the fairy folks, you know, they often say, if they give you something to eat, do not eat it because you may never come back or it will, you you know, alter your perception for life. And that situation with Orfeo sounds just like that. So, you know, are the government experimenters now, you know, are, are they purposely copying, you know, the, the ancient legend about these um, strange folk from the other dimension? Um, it, that's possible, too, because one of the main guys um uh, Sidney Gottlieb, who was deeply involved in MK Ultra, um, he was a folklorist. He was very much into things like you know the fairy lore and and such. So, you know, think about it in the post World War II era when you got government guys, uh, mysterious government guys, or just mysterious guys claiming to be from somewhere else, and they want to give you a pill or anything to ingest. You know, that could very well be, uh, you know. Um, a, a, a product of the Sidney Gottlieb school of experimenting on the public and their perceptions. Yeah, and and that's the ones where the guy was actually shown the pill to begin with. I mean, imagine the ones that <laughs> where people don't right. know. Yeah, the ones who they slipped Mickey's or the or they sprayed the LSD in the air in this party apartment in San Francisco. That was an interesting little uh, episode in the fifties, in sixties, in uh, MK Ultra's history. Was they they aerosol? They found a way to to spray. I, I'm pretty sure it was LSD. Might have been it might have been the magic mushroom stuff, and they sprayed it um, in this apartment. And they just invited these, uh, you know, variety of people over to party, and they observed how they reacted and the strange things that happened, and they had no clue that this was being done to them. So, yeah, I seem yeah. to recall an episode of the X Files where they uh, hooked that up to uh, Mulder's apartment, and he began <laughs> acting out. One thing we can say about Roswell is that something did happen. We may not yes. know exactly what it is. And your book, Shimmering Light, it talks about some connections there between your dad and what may have happened at Roswell. Maybe you could tell us about that. You know, I've talked about it in limited terms in the past. I, I did write an article about it under my pseudonym back in 2000 to 2006. Um, my employment was such that I had to be kind of sensitive about what I did publicly. So I wrote this article under my then fiction pseudonym, EA Guest. And it was published in Fake Magazine and then republished in their Best of Roswell hardcover edition. But basically, from the mid 70s, early mid 70s, my dad had told me this story. That when he was in the Air Force in the late 50s, he had uh, been, as a course of his duties, he worked in, uh, he was in the aviation medicine, (laughs) aerospace medicine division of the Air Force. And um, he worked in the early days of the Mercury space program when it belonged to the Air Force and, you know, was transitioning to NASA. And so he had a clearance for, you know, high clearance for things space travel related back then. 
And he told the story of being, you know, put on an assignment where they flew them to uh, Wright Pat. They briefed him and a few other guys in on this crash that happened in New Mexico at Roswell. And then they flew them out to um, eastern Arizona because what they were told was that in 1947, this parallel human civilization that shares this planet with us had crashed. And they were told that it had happened again, you know, this 11 years later in eastern Arizona. And he was going to be part of the uh, big Air Force retrieval effort that was going on out there. And due to his work, his job, you know, in aviation medicine, they had to be briefed in on Roswell. Let's talk about the Roswell briefing in a moment with Walter Bosley, Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Would it be okay if you had two paychecks instead of one? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy and myself, want to show you how to get an extra paycheck every month, creating an extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug outhouse that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust. 
the tax defense group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the tax defense group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the tax defense group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Homeowners have much more to worry about than just making their mortgage payment. Can you afford to repair or replace your air conditioning when it stops working this summer? Or worse, a major plumbing problem? With National Home, you can say goodbye to repair bills. If you own a home, you could stop paying for these costly repairs. Best of all, call now to get one month of repair coverage for free. Get total protection for your home's major appliances and systems so you have no more costly repair bills. Call 800-887-3022. That's 800-887-3022. 800 We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Walter, let's continue. What was he told about Roswell? Basically, my dad was told that what happened at Roswell was the crash of a craft from a parallel civilization that has coexisted with us on this planet in a subterranean realm, um, a separate civilization, that they crashed in 1947. And uh, he said that they, he and the other guys, were shown the bodies. It was explained to them that this this civilization had coexisted. They really didn't want anything to do with us. That, that what he saw, as far as the bodies, were that they were human, just like us, but they were virtually hairless. That was one of the things that um, he described them as. And he, he said that the bodies he saw, they were slightly smaller than the average human. But he always insisted, you know, this dates back to the, uh, in around 1980, when the Roswell incident book came out, the Moore Berlitz book, and the whole um, ET theme became popularly attached to Roswell. And after that, for, for years, up until he died, it, you know, he insisted that Roswell, they were not the little gray ETs, they were, they were not those kind of, he, he said they were human beings. You know, he stayed consistent with that till the day he died, you know, for decades. Well, after they're briefed on this, as I said, they're sent out to eastern Arizona, where in the a subterranean area out there, they're trying to find the lost pilot of another downed craft. But at the same time, there appeared to have been a little bit more interaction going on between U.S. personnel and this other civilization and, and possibly even a little bit of technology sharing. You know, the weird part to me is they had this technology that was more advanced than ours in some way, you know, so I think it was more they had more to offer than, than we did technologically speaking, but we were able to help them find their guy. And there was an incident where my dad and another guy encountered 
some of these denizens underground and, and the guy my dad was with was was killed. It's a very weird story that for years, you know, he told to me and I decided to finally really dig into it. And that's when I discovered that aviation medicine and Operation Paperclip Nazis and MK Ultra were there right there in the mix, um, you know, within the milieu of what my dad was experiencing and talking about. So those are the basics of my dad's weird story. And my book is my first time really just jumping in, you know, to try to put it in some type of historical context and try to flesh these things out. So these are from accounts that uh, you heard over a number of years from your dad and are just pieced them together into a book best you can right now. Well, that and also the fact that I had, you know, I spent 18 years in, nas- in the national security community between FBI and myself, Air Force, and most of the listeners know I'm a former OSI agent. I'm an Air Force officer. And then I went into counterterrorism stuff internationally and during that time, I had a mentor, a higher ranking, a senior ranking officer who had spent 44 years in the intelligence community. And he had, you know, over the years told me that, you know, what my dad was telling me was was the truth and, you know, had me get him to flesh it out a little bit more to me. So I was going on, you know, by the time I write this book, you know, in the last year, you know, I've been going on my dad's story that he told me, but also my personal experience in the Air Force and this uh, other source of mine who, you know, had had been in, in the intelligence community for years. He would, he started out in Army Special Ops. And to see this guy's career, you know, it brings to mind this group that Nick Redfern writes about, the Collins Elite, this ultra-secret, you know, Army intel group that was dealing directly with the whole UFO and weird stuff issue. Um, I would not be surprised if this guy had been one of those guys, for better or worse. So I approached it from, you know, the point of view that, okay, some of the weirder aspects of this, I'm told, you know, have legs, have a foundation. It's not just something where a dad's pulling a son's leg. And also the fact that I'm trained and experienced in what we call subject interview or subtle interrogation in in these techniques where, you know, I know how to question somebody, have a conversationally and insert little tools and tactics to where I can push pressure points and kind of get, um, it's kind of a, a polygraph without hooking somebody up to a machine little there's because there's little tells that human beings have when they're being dishonest and stuff. And I applied this pretty much full force to my dad. And after having learned it and become experienced in it, say the last 10 years of his life. And, you know, in my personal um, estimate, he was absolutely telling the truth as he believed it. And I only add the as he believed it, because, you know, that's that's what people want to hear. I mean, you know, and and it could be the possibility that it was as he believed it. My book goes into the possibility that his story itself was an implanted narrative. Um, And, you know, I'm honest about that. There's what I personally personally embrace and would like to think was true about his story. And there then there's what I have to objectively say was very possible. Well, that's really interesting. It's good that you recognize that. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting. And um, that actually sort of answers a question I was going to ask is that, well, maybe the parallel civilizations explanation is being used as a cover story for something interstellar. 
I, I mean, it could go both ways. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be, but um, it it could also be that um, it was for something even more bizarre than that that was harder to explain than just people from another planet. Um, you know, it it's it's in that zone we were talking about earlier of, you know, what the heck, you know, it, it could be that, you know, it's even more interesting than just people from another planet. Um, or it could be we it, also in the mix, it could be that it it wasn't any of that, that it really was just human shenanigans. But either way, we uh, you were able to establish that he was at certain places at certain times and that he did hear these stories and that they do have these connections that you outline in your book. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure I got the was there a question? I'm trying to think, were you asking me a question or just making a statement? Somewhat rhetorically, I guess. It's, it's uh, just to confirm that I've got sort of the um, the take on your book correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's what, what I try to do in my book is, is, you know, present the possibilities that I found, um, you know, all along the spectrum from the wild on down to the very mundane, because, you know, any one of them could be valid. Does that sound like a cliffhanger to you? Well, it sure sounds like a cliffhanger to me. So I'll tell you what, we're going to end the segment here and we'll continue the stories from our guests. They'll continue in the next segment. And by the way, Walter and Randall will also be on after the Paracast this week. The book is Shimmering Light. Let's shimmer away here with Walter Bosley, Randall Murphy, and Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at ShelterPod.com. The Shelter Pod at ShelterPod.com. Shelter when you need it most. Fully cooked, ready-to-eat bacon. I'm talking thick, meaty, center-cut, presidential bacon. Savory and delicious. I buy some, I use some, I store some. Awesome. No refrigeration needed with a 10-year shelf life. NASA pack technology. Bacon. Fully cooked, fully hydrated, ready-to-eat right from the pack bacon. Or warm and served. Life-saving, ready-to-eat bacon. 10-year shelf life bacon. Ships free at fullycookedbacon.com. Fullycookedbacon.com. 
Hey, diabetics, yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But PillPack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need PillPack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years in serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System system today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231 and the Berkey guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653 or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we continue. I want to throw back the ufo contact abduction thing in one other way which is this is where i'm always shot down but i keep repeating it until they stop me and that is with regard to betty and barney hill they live near a military base their friends are in the military yep they have an experience there where they see beings that are very very different than the gray aliens that we heard about particularly after communion came out. Mm-hmm. So was that a mind control experiment? 
It could have been because you also remember that Barney clearly saw a a Caucasian human that he described as a Nazi. So there was, you know, a, the human presence in that encounter that for whatever reason, some people are aware of or they choose not to mention. Yes, in that era, when you consider the context of, you know, like what was going on with uh, what the paperclip Nazis did when they then uh, developed MKUltra, when you look at all that stuff that was going on and the fact that we were in the middle of, you know, the Cold War, I point this out in my book that people now have to go back and look at it from the context of where these guys were coming from, the, you know, the, the Department of Defense and the Air Force in particular. You know, we're in the middle of a Cold War, and we weren't sure what was going on, what was going to happen next. And things like MKUltra, this, you know, if somebody said, hey, this might be a way that we can protect our secrets, you know, yeah, absolutely. I would think that they'd be at first enthused, you know, hey, if it protects our secrets, you know, let's do it. Or, hey, you know, this this guy's doing this weird mind experiments over here, this perception management stuff. And, and the ultimate end could be to either fool the enemy or protect our secrets or both. Well, then, you know, the guys on the upper level, not knowing the full details, remember back then, they you know, they might not have known the full details, would say, hey, do what you need to do to secure the country. When you're trying to figure out what was going on back then, you have to consider that perspective because it was valid back then. Now, in the hindsight of time past, you know, we can look back and pass a judgment and say, well, you know, boy, they were off here and they were really off there. But back then, they they really didn't have a way of knowing that. You know, they were coming out of a world war that ended with atomic weaponry. You know, look at what was at stake. So they were willing to try anything. In that perspective, absolutely, you know, what happened to Betty and Barney Hill could very much have been, could have been a complete mind experiment. Or if it was something extraordinary, it could have been something done with these other people or as it appears to be other people from another world. That's always a possibility. I I think the point that a lot of people want to see made now is that for years, people have just jumped to the one possibility and said, well, that's the answer. When clearly, well, no, that's not the answer. It's one possibility. Let's stay grounded here and recognize that, you know, the ET thing there is a possibility, but there are also other equal possibilities. And if we're really going to solve this mystery and answer these questions, we've got to stay, you know, in in the center on this. And while recognizing the possibilities, not be too eager to latch onto one too soon. There's a bit of counterpoint to that in in that (laughs) We can go back to the Project Magnet memo where they're saying that that alone was classified higher than the H-bomb. But then, so, you know, then again, back to the question, why would they use UFOs as, as a cover for something else when UFOs were more secret? But if we go back to the actual Cold War and the OSI and the Robertson panel, mm-hmm. what you actually had there was a recommendation that UFOs be debunked precisely for the reasons that you're suggesting. And therefore, to not give the media attention, if anything, maybe make out like they were there was something there and then completely debunk it. They even wanted to debunk the pilots in the Air Force who had seen these. And Ruppelt, who was one of the investigators at the time, took great exception to that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you've got an official OSI and the CIA was in on this as well, saying, no, don't get UFOs into the media, why would they use it as a cover story? 
for the Betty and Barney encounter. I mean, it, again, just to me, this just doesn't make any sense. So that would be my answer to that question, Gene. Well, number one, not nothing in what you were saying there necessarily, you know, says that the ET conclusion is what they were hiring. First of all, and then uh, a little earlier, I made the distinction that using the idea that oh, these things are from another world would have been a good way to cover your own technology because fewer people out there, you know, would would really accept that and 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 they or or they would laugh off any stories related to what people were seeing. So that while they're out there flying and testing their technology, and if it gets publicly identified with something that can be ridiculed, not only will this proposed majority laugh at the idea that it was men from another world, they would increasingly just ignore when people say, hey, I saw this thing flying around, right? So that hopefully, I think this is what they were hoping, these things would get reported less. Now, what you described, you know, hey, let's not give it attention. Let's not. That was a recommendation. Remember, that was a recommendation. Recommendations are not always taken or not always applied 100% across the board. Now, that was a recommendation in that, hey, perhaps Perhaps the Russians or the Chinese or whoever will not have something to pay attention to when we're testing our craft if we quit encouraging these things to be reported. And if, if we discourage public outlets from you know covering it every time somebody sees one of our things. So it could just as equally explain what you're saying about, oh, they're, they're classified above the H-bomb. Well, if it is our own secret defense technology, you betcha it is going to be classified if it's that advanced above the H-bomb. And we don't want these things publicized. So actually, within a grounded logic, it also works. You know, yeah, this technology, whatever the UFO stuff is, you know, this human base that they're covering, this technology itself is classified above the H-bomb. And no, we don't want people to be encouraged to be talking about it publicly. To, to me, in my mind, you know, that's logical too. So that's where I'm saying we have to be careful with all these memos and such that uh, we either make the ET assumption or we take an allusion to, you know, something possibly from another world being suggested in a memo as, oh, well, that's exactly what they thought. And that's the only thing they thought. That's the problem with the post-World War II memo issue that pops up, the ones that are real, you know. That's the problem that I and, and some others have with them is really they get misinterpreted. I think you make a good point um, on one level, and that is that certainly there were secret projects where people observed or had some contact with them, radar contact, and they didn't know what they were seeing because they were secret projects. We had the U-2, we had the SR-71, we had the Skyhook balloons, and we did have those. And when those were reported, they were re- nobody knew what they were. So they kind of went down as unknowns, and then they were maybe blown further out by the ET believers into flying saucers. And mm-hmm. so we do know that a number of reports of secret projects were reported as unknowns, and that came to be later interpreted as flying saucers. So mm-hmm. there's definitely some credence to that line of thinking. Yeah, that's and and that's not even mentioning 
um, when we get into the uh, you know the field of speculation on you know the the Nazi technology that was inherited or the breakaway civilization issue, when you throw that possibility into the mix, that's even more human source stuff that people were uh, seeing out there. And oh, again, even with all this said, I still agree that there's that percentage of uh, stuff that very well. Um, could have come from other worlds. Yeah, we got the flying wing technology from uh, the German... The Horton uh, brothers. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's some people that have thought, well, maybe that's what Arnold might have seen as some sort of classified version of the flying wing. Right, and that gets into um, what I have found, and I say this with a smile, I like to call it the most hated book by you, you know, people into the ET hypothesis. We have Walter Bosley, Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Yesterday, I got a call from the IRS. They say I owe them over $16,000. I don't have that kind of money. Don't try to fight the IRS on your own. Use Coast One Financial Group and let them help you get a fresh start. If you owe at least $10,000 in back taxes, call now for a free and confidential tax debt analysis. Call Coast One now for a free consultation at 800-643-4661 now. 800-643-4661. That's 800-643-4661. Will the government protect your family from Iran and North Korea's newest weapon, EMP? 
We buy guns to protect ourselves, home, health, and car insurance for accidents. Maybe you also have food storage. But how would you keep your refrigerator running in a long-term EMP blackout? Using tested military designs, the Solark EMP-hardened solar generator protects and powers your critical appliances for years without burying items underground or wrapping them in aluminum foil. Unlike other preps, Solark is used every day to help offset your electric bill automatically. Visit PortableSolarLLC.com to learn how easily expandable the system is. Solark is the most affordable and powerful solution on the market. The whole system even fits in the back of a pickup or SUV and can install in less than an hour. See for yourself why Solark beats other off-grid systems at PortableSolarLLC.com. Don't wait for the government. Go to PortableSolarLLC.com to learn why Solark is energy insurance for your family. Love or loathe him, Donald J. Trump is our 45th president. There is no denying now that Trump will go down in history, both despised and admired. Commemorate Trump's presidency with your very own Trump Silver Bust from TrumpSilverStatue.com. This museum-quality heirloom Trump Silver Statue bust is hand-cast from 20 troy ounces of silver, a great investment from TrumpSilverStatue.com. Loathed or loved, own a valuable piece of Trump's legacy. Get your solid silver Trump bust today at TrumpSilverStatue.com. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. We have Walter Bosley with us, and we're talking about the past to see how it relates to the future with Randall Murphy as our guest co-host. Walter? Yes, we were talking about, um, I mentioned the most hated book (laughs) in uh, the, the UFO community out there, and that's Joseph Farrell's Roswell and the Reich. Um, I know, I just know there's going to be boos and hisses that at the very mention of this thing, but I would like to say that to a man, the people that I've discussed this book with who are primarily ET proponents who really cast the most venom on the book, they admit they've never read it, <laughs> which, uh, you know, I, I find hilarious. I get no end of amusement out of that, how they can just trash you know, a line of research, and they really haven't read it. If they would read it, you know, I think that's what bothers them. If they would read it, it they, they fear that it might change their mind and shatter their uh, lifelong fantasy. But Farrell follows the line, of, you know, he points out what kind of advanced technology that Nazi Germany was working on during, prior to and during the war, World War II. And then he shows you the kinds of things um, that have been associated with Roswell over the years, and, you know, he, he shows you the parallels there. And, you know, some of them are a, a pretty dead match um, for, you know, what was going on. So, you know, um, and I lost my point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I missed that. So, therefore, you forgot that. Therefore, we're going to have to revoke your classification. <laughs> we'll give it yeah, to Michael no, I'm, Flynn. I'm, Randall Randall had made a uh, – I was answering a question, and then we had the break, and then it's like, what was that question again? But uh, Or the comment again? Um, yeah. I think you made it, the- your point perfectly, actually. Yeah, I, okay, I think good. we can all accept that there's definitely secret projects out there that have been misinterpreted as something alien when it's uh, not. Well, then again, I mean, we're talking about how do we define alien in – in my sense, uh, I think it could very well be something mysterious, unknown from outside what we know of our civilization, not necessarily 
extraterrestrial. Right. So, I mean, alien visitation could hypothetically come from some unknown terrestrial location. I, I just don't really see how it's possible that that could happen other than in the context of secret military projects. Well, admittedly, the hidden civilization, you know, um, as much as I've discussed that and, and to a degree I'm a proponent of it, um, or at least entertain it seriously. Yeah, it, it is a wild one. It's a wild one that you would think could be easily proven or disproven. And um, uh, I, I like to acknowledge that. You know, I'm just just like I acknowledge whenever I'm speculating, I'm I'm very clear on it. Um, that's why, I, again, talking about the things that amuse me, um, when I have somebody who will um, uh, give me a critique, you know, a critical review on something I've I've written or said, and they say, "Oh, he makes stuff up," and he does wild, and and I go back and you know I find where I've stated something as a speculation, you know, about uh, the third. 37 times <laughs> and um you know i i admit that you know this um hidden civilization possibility is uh is out there but it's in the mix for a variety of reasons and um i find that interesting oh it is interesting and uh that's what i like about your stuff it it does make people think about well you know what's going on behind the scenes what what is out there that we don't know that is maybe more local within our world within our civilization that goes on behind closed doors that if we knew i mean there's plenty of speculation that goes on in the field so uh you're not alone in speculating that's for sure well yeah i i uh I like to think so. I, you know, I, I like to think that I'm not the only one <laughs> going out on the crazy limb, you know, uh, when, when I do. Um, and, and I like to admit it. And I think I do. I think I make it very clear. Oh, absolutely. Um, you do. Yeah. It says I, so right in your, right in I your introduction. It's important, it's important for people to, um, you know, just, just admit when it's, it's something that, you know, they, they think, you know, it could be, you know, a conclusion as a result of much research and much analysis and, and much thought, but you know, still, you know, nothing wrong with saying, well, here's what I think. Here's what I'm leaning toward. Here's what intrigues me. Um, and there's nothing wrong with this. There, there are some folks out there that think that there should be no speculation in this field, that, that, that all that should be discussed are things that can be proven hard facts. And what I have found with those people is generally they're serving a different agenda. Generally they're, you know, um, sometimes a member of like a skeptic group and, you know, they've all decided that, uh, you know, they'll go out there in the paranormal world and they'll try to shut down or, or, or um, uh, delay, they'll, they'll try to shut down or slow down as much speculative conversation as they can um, for whatever reason. It's almost like a religion for them. Well, uh, in, in your, when you're thinking about this theory then, so what we've, what we've got then is some sort of parallel civilization, for lack of a better term, or at least some society capable of constructing these crafts in some place that we don't really know about. And right. that kind of implies some level of cooperation between their society and ours 
now. I could sure. see how maybe back in, you know, prior to the 1800s, they might have gotten away with some secret base in Antarctica or something, but not anymore. So, you know, unless, unless, sure, go ahead. Um, unless the idea of a a parallel civilization or a hidden civilization is a projected construct that they want people to believe and who would do this, but just let's just pick a a culprit, the military industrial complex. And they have plenty of facilities that are, you know, restricted access. See, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What's the connection there then? Are, 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 so, you're saying we what we've got are black projects that are interfacing with a uh, parallel civilization? No, what I what, what I'm suggesting there is that the, there could be no parallel civilization. That this is all a projected construct to have you know to see who will believe it or to have it be projected as a cover for something that is just merely the activity of a military industrial complex which makes this whole thing more nefarious yes oh that's entirely possible i mean if we consider um parallel civilization as the workings of a group of organized individuals who work apart from what we know of in our own civilization I mean, they could literally be working parallel to us in another office downtown, and we wouldn't really know that they were part of this whole other construct. So in that context, I could see it happening. It's like this. When I was in counterespionage, we would vet a source, okay? I I was uh, chief of a CE ops, double agent operations, um, for a while when I was at Wright-Patterson. And, um, well, the whole time I was at Wright-Patterson. And when you're vetting a guy or gal that you want to, um, you know, be a be a DA, a controlled provocation, as we call it, to uh, make the enemy think that uh, a target think that, you know, they're an angry American wanting to, you know, sell America's secrets. Um, you got to make sure you can trust this person. So you put them through this extensive vetting process. And one of the things you'll do is use role play. You will put that person, you know, you'll fly them to another city in some cases, and you'll have them spend a weekend going through this whole mission that to them is very, very real. And you have role players, you know, that are pretending to be Russians or, you know, some other, you know, foreign hostile intelligence service. And, you know, you pick your best people, you put this together, and the whole thing is a construct. So, you know, there's an example of there would be U.S. Air Force Intel Agency who is creating this complete dramatic fantasy and putting somebody through this course that they believe they're dealing with Russian agents in a city, you know, 500 miles from where they live and they're following the instructions and they're, they're encountering these people and the whole time it's our own. And we're just, you know, making sure we can trust the guy with money. We making sure that, you know, uh, that those women he meets in the bar who are trying to get him to go to their room, they're our own people, you know, to see if we can, you know, keep him on track and, can't be compromised and blah, 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 so forth. And um, the same thing could be being done with both the ET hypothesis and this parallel hidden civilization hypothesis. Let me ask you a couple uh, of questions on our next segment about this, Walter. Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, Randall Murphy, 
You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We talk a lot about what was going on, especially in the years after World War II and all the shenanigans in which the government might have played a part. And also using possibly the cover story that we have ET visitations as separate from possible real ET visitations. Are we seeing this stuff happening in 2017? If we look at the paranormal and UFO fields in 2017, we'll look at all the crazy things happening in government that we just can't talk about because you'd want to hit your head against the wall because it feels so good when it stops. Right. (laughs) Is this stuff going on now? I think so. Look, all three of us here and the listeners... Uh, for the most part, as far as we know, are at a disadvantage um, when discussing these things. Even I, who was, you know, and I'm putting the quotes around there, an insider, you know, within the the military and and the greater intelligence community, you know, I'm at a a disadvantage as well to to some degree because, you know, I came off active duty in 1999 and went into counterterrorism. I I did a whole other bailiwick. And so we're trying, we are the blind men with the trying to describe the elephant 
So we have to say that, yes, this stuff is probably still going on. Why wouldn't it? And here's the thing about it is I've just described a scenario that could very well be going on that does not eliminate actual ET visitation. And for all we know, to some degree, the ETs play a role in it. They play their part in it. Or the ET visitation and issues are completely separate from it. But we're at the disadvantage because we're – all three of us here and the listeners, you know, we're outside of the what is going on. So, you know, it's hard to say with certainty, but that's just the way it is. What we were forced to just say, yeah, it could very well be going on. And that's the extent to which we can carry it. That was really fascinating what you were saying uh, before the break there about the role playing that takes place when recruiting people related to that. We've seen some releases from people like Lassange and Snowden. Of course, now we think maybe those have been sort of warped by the media and the people who want to believe it and take it and spin it a certain way. But but what's your take on Snowden? Is he the real thing or is he one of these people you could trust to? Uh, uh... <laughs> I Yeah, I have an interesting perspective on Snowden. For a couple of years, 2007 to most of 2008, I was doing contract security background investigations, essentially those people who were going to work for the government, military, corporations, what have you, in the national security structure who who required security clearances, folks like me and plenty of people without experience like mine. That was the rub. That was the problem. We're the ones investigating these background investigations so these people could be adjudicated a security clearance, okay? And I recall that what I hated, but I'm going to say it right here without being specific. Look, I'm a capitalist, all right? I believe in business, so forth, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm all for that. However, when it comes to national security issues and, and who gets security clearances, a typical American corporate business thinking has no place whatsoever in being involved in the adjudication of security clearances as far as doing these backgrounds. Because when I did it, it was a cluster. It was a mess. Um, it's the one job that I just ended up hating it. And I left in disgust because it was just it was just a sieve that stuff could get through that shouldn't have got through. Now, to bring it back to Snowden, Edward Snowden, um, you know, how he got his clearance and, and, you know, where he worked and stuff. He was a product of that process where you had contract people again without naming it. The organization I worked for and there were two or three that did this. What they would do is they would hire anybody who could breathe and walk, and they would just give them, you know, they give them this double sided one sheet of questions, and they have them go through these questions, and then they write up their report. And then this is what's used to determine whether the person gets a security clearance or gets it renewed. Now, you know, when you're a federal agent, the stuff that's in a security background investigation is the, the basic first step of every investigation you do. So you become pretty good at this stuff, okay? Because it was, again, primary step one in any investigation you did. So every person I know who was a former professional, you know, in this case, federal investigator who had done these contract security background investigations hated the process that they were being forced to use. They would leave, again, in 
discussed because they saw that these things weren't being done right. What the companies that do these investigations are more interested in is making their dollar and just getting the stuff done. Okay, They don't care about the nuances that pop up. If somebody's got something to hide, okay, if, if they're actually being moved to go work for any of the aerospace corporations and get a security clearance and get in there and say and sell secrets or give secrets – you're going to detect that through the subtleties in your interview and in your investigation. Well, uh, you know, you were not really encouraged to take the proper time to do these things. You were just encouraged as a contract investigator to just get it done. Just go through the questions, get it done, right? And Edward Snowden was a product of that process. So there are issues that I and some others I know have with Snowden in that, you know, for instance, how quickly and how easily he ran over to Russia. Okay. Um, is it possible that he had been acquainted with Russian intelligence prior to, you know, doing what he did? Um, that's possible. Coming from my perspective, that's very possible. And if these background investigations were allowed to be done properly back then. I don't know if they've improved it now, but if they were allowed to be done properly by the right people experienced in doing this, Edward Snowden, you know, might not have happened. Now, now, there's that. I've said that from the perspective of a former federal agent and a national security guy. That Now there's the issue of Snowden has put stuff out there that you kind of go, hmm, okay, that's it's good to know that, you know, uh, that's that's kind of interesting, um, which leads then to WikiLeaks and uh, Julian Assange and, you know, some of the stuff he does. You, you find guys like me, you know, giving thumbs up. And it, so it, there's this conflict on the one hand. You know, my, my old federal agent knee-jerk reaction is that darn guy is stealing secrets and spreading them around, which is a bad thing. I'm not making light of that. But then on the other hand, there's the, you know, the human being who says, you know what, sometimes some stuff does need to get out there. So it's with Snowden. It's um, I'm of two minds. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was sent to the CIA's secret school for technology specialists where he lived in a hotel for six months and studied and trained full time. So uh -huh. I think he had a little bit more than a couple of sheets of paper, t you know, for his credentials. No, no, no. What what I mean is the uh, the uh, oh, you mean as far as his his background investigation or just his personal um, uh, credentials? Yeah, I, I I would agree with you. There's more there's more to Edward Snowden than I think people realize um, from a uh, uh, an intelligence community perspective. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But if there's not, if he was just a guy who, you know a smart guy and what he does just wanted to go work for that construct and and let's say his if his security clearance was issued just based on one of these um corporate type of background investigations that they they do oh my god <laughs> i would you know i'm i'm i would you know hope that there was there was more done but it's yeah it uh, seems like there was more done well i mean if you if you sort of look into a bit of the history with it and i suppose if any of the movie can be believed which seems to be fairly accurate there were lie detector tests and interviews and tests and trainings and and so on but i mean it does seem kind of um interesting that 
he didn't really want to go to Russia, but just somehow ended up there, you know? And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, then let's talk the Russians. You know, I'm somebody who spent darn near every day of 12 years of my career targeted against the Russians. Let's talk about the Russians and more. They're probably listening right now to Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, and Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. This is Elizabeth McCabe, a.k.a. Lucky One of True Frequency News. I wanted to tell you all about Extendivite from HeartDrop.com. Y'all know I check everything before I air it. When I heard about Extendivite on TFR, I went to HeartDrop.com and started my research. It's got cayenne. That's good for blood and circulation. It stimulates the blood flow. It's got garlic, which fights bacteria like antibiotics, and it lowers the cholesterol and blood pressure. It also has milk thistle, which is the best detox for liver. I couldn't wait to try it out, and I'm glad I did four months ago. And here's obvious results. My hands and feet don't get cold anymore. The varicose veins have faded too. My wrists don't hurt after typing all day. Now I tell you all this because it's true and I want you to really live life. Try Extendivite. Go to heartdrop.com and order it. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Think about this. Your community's aging water infrastructure systems are very likely to be contaminated with heavy metals like lead, disinfection chemicals like ammonia, chlorine, and chloramines, and pharmaceuticals like statins, pain meds, and antidepressants. And no, water treatment plants are not equipped to filter these pharmaceutical toxins out. Protect your family's water supply with a trusted Big Berkey water filter. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show Big Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria, and 
viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP Hardened Generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP Hardened Solar Generator Energy Insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, we have Randall Murphy as our guest co-host this week, and he's being very, very active. He's known as usual suspect in the forums. Chris O'Brien's on special assignment or doing something else this week. We have Walter Bosley, author of Shimmering Light Lost in an MK Ultra House of Anu. Shall we continue, guys? Randall, you had a further question? Oh, I think that was just uh, really fascinating stuff there that, Walter, you were sharing with us about your experience on the inside to some degree and some of your insights there. But really, I mean, you're here to talk about your book to some degree. So, you know, what what's the real main thing you want to you want us to get out of this? I mean, you've got well, first you're, of all, you're I, on here. Let's let's hear it. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we we've been we've been managing to cover, you know, a bit about what what the book is about it it gets into again uh, my dad had told me the story for several years and i decided you know it, it's really time i address that it'd been kind of out there i've talked about it i'd written the article about it and i just decided you know okay it's time that i really dove in and presented all the things that were part of the story that perhaps i hadn't talked about things that i had uh, gleaned after um, the last time I'd written about it. And really, that's that's what the book is, is my, you know, more thorough exploration of that. And as I did the, you know, was putting the book together, the research, I was discovering, you know, entire aspects that I had no idea, to be honest. You know, I had never looked into the specifics of Operation Paperclip in the U.S. Air Force, for example, didn't realize that they were so hand-in-hand that really when you look at Operation Paperclip, as I said before, what you find at the heart of who was driving it, it was very specifically uh, U.S. Army Air Corps slash U.S. Air Force aviation medicine who wanted the German aviation medical scientists. That was the driving force the original driving force behind Operation Paperclip that really made it happen. You know, after a few years in the Air Force and even talking with my dad, I had no idea. So that was fascinating for me. And then, of course, that led to the MK Ultra connection. 
and how enthused and involved again U.S. Air Force Aviation Medicine was with uh, MK Ultra, and I began to see, wow, maybe there's a connection here between my dad's weird tail and what these guys were doing with what you know originally was Nazi uh, psych- psychiatric science. Um, and uh, this MK Ultra project, when they were given a bunch of money and basically free reign, you know, hey, do it, go forth and, you know, do all your weird stuff. And then that led, you know, to American scientists saying, ooh, okay, we can have fun with this. Um, and then here you have my dad's weird story. And honestly, as I say in the book, it can be explained by MK Ultra and Cold War secrecy, my, my dad's story. It, it could have been, it could have been, I'm not saying it is, or I conclude that it is. What I'm saying is I'm acknowledging that it could have been um, and it, what they called a planted narrative because they were playing with that. They wanted to play with that to cover classified information. They wanted to play with the idea of planting a narrative in the head of, of a field agent. So they were playing with that at the time. They were playing with psychedelics, um, all sorts of things. And I felt it was, um, you know, necessary for me to go into that as a possible explanation for what my dad experienced. I think that's really interesting. Uh, How does the House of Anu fit into this then? Oh, well, see, that gets into um, when, when you look at the, when you do the analysis of the story my dad told about what and who he encountered, what you see are, um, uh, how do you put it, what you see are characteristics of old fairy lore, the the encounters that people had in ancient times and in past centuries with, the, you know, what they called the fairy folk um, in, you know, the Celtic culture. And a group, a culture, a group of people known as the Tuatha, the, I'm sorry, the Tuwe de Danand, okay? And um, what's very interesting is that Jacques Vallée in the 80s, when he was writing his books, and, you know, he talks about this in Passport to Magonia and his other books that he wrote after that, he kept coming to the lore of encounters with these people, these Tuwe de Danans. And I go into that in the book a little bit because some of the encounters that Valet writes about, actual UFO encounters or missing time encounters, um, have the some of the exact same things that my dad said he encountered um, when he and another guy stumbled upon some of these underworld denizens, one of them being this hollow tube that the individual carried and um, aimed it at the guy he was with. And the guy he was with kind of shut down and just was dead before he hit the ground. And um, Jacques Vallée and others have written about UFO encounters um, in which the same kind of thing has happened, where this being aims this hollow tube at the witness and the witness is stung like a thousand needles. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, very similar to my dad's encounter, and this same thing is talked about in the lore of the fairy encounters. 
So what do you think is going on there then? I mean, are we talking about some sort of unusual technology that is able to affect people's nervous systems or yes. is some sort of deception where, you know, he kind of points the thing and someone like a sniper off up in the side aims a microwave beam at them or something? Like, oh, that's that that's interesting. I, I don't th- I, I think it would it would be I would lean more towards, um, you know, yeah, just some type of, you know, technology that the wielder of that thing you know, has remember who it was either Asimov or Clark that said any sufficiently advanced technology would appear as magic, you know, to the uh, untrained eye. Um, you know, yeah, I think we're talking about this serves this serves the narrative of the idea of the hidden civilization that has this this other technology is um, the obvious point there. But um, uh, the 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 idea that what my dad encountered is found in UFO lore, both before and after. Um, you know, Valet writes about the story, I think it was Nebraska, I'd have to look, but uh, a guy, ex- you know, describes this person with this hollow tube, and, you know, that's just a few years after what my dad encountered in eastern Arizona. And then you have the natives in the area, the Paiute Indian legends, in this, you know, the greater you know, uh, uh, Death Valley and into Arizona, Nevada. We've got more to come, more excitement, even mysteries of Antarctica. And more with Walter Bosley, Randall Murphy, Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you know what's lurking in your water? More than 200 contaminants could be sitting there just waiting for your glass. With a ProPure water filter, start enjoying clean and great tasting water today. ProPure filters, independently tested, latest water filter technology. ProPure systems do not require electricity and are easy to set up and easy to use. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how we can work for you. 800-912-6177. That's 800-912-6177. Again, 800-912-6177. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
rehabilitation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-765-9681 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-765-9681. Again, that's 800-765-9681. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Randall is taking the hint and trying to be decorative about it. Yeah, we could talk about these stories forever, Walter about all the strange things that have gone on and right. never run out of source material. Mm-hmm. Right. You mean as far as reflective of the ancient lore and the things that have gone on in the past? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think that was, um, you know, Valet's uh, conclusion at the time. And his point is that, hey, folks, you know, and he said as much, there's been something going on here with these other people. For a very long time, uh, very specifically, this group called the Tuwai de Danan. Um, I think it's it's either, from my perspective right now, either these Tuwai de Danan exist, they're out there, or somebody is going out of their way to appear as such, well, which is well, interesting in itself. Who are these Tuwai de Danan? Whatever you call them. Uh, they appeared from the sky in a cloud many centuries ago, 
in Ireland, I believe. They came and they conquered the people that were there, who the, you know, the, the human civilization, the Celtic civilization that was there. And uh, once they made it clear that they had the superior um, civilization and, and they, they beat them in battle, they embraced them and uh, kind of became, oh... You know, eventually they become, you know, these these mythological god figures. Uh, you can find them in Irish mythology, but when you go back to the root, that that was the story. They they came from the sky in a thunderous cloud. They were there for a while, and then this other culture um, came and drove them off. Uh, another strong culture, the the Fomorians, I believe, if I'm getting that right, and the Tuatha De Dé disappeared from the British Isles. And what's interesting is during the time that they were away, we go to the lore of the Americas and and parts of Asia, and we see these figures that are interestingly similar to the Tuatha Dé Dé of the Irish. And uh, there's some things going on in those parts of the world. And about the time that in the uh, the lore of the ancient Americas, you know, we're talking the the, the pre-flood type stuff, the the early, you know, when the, when the Aztecs and the Mayans and stuff would talk about the old ones and such, you know, in their legends, about the time that uh, their version of the Tuay disappeared, left them, we have the Tuay reappearing in the British Isles. So it, it appears upon analysis that it could be that this this culture, this other civilization of people, when they left the British Isles, they went to other parts of the world, and then they, they finally returned. And they ultimately, um, according to the lore, they went underground and, and decided to live in the subterranean realms of the Earth. So right there, as you can see, is the root of what my dad was told. And that brings us back to either the Tuwe exist or somebody is going out of their way to appear as the Tuwe. Wasn't that the Shaver stuff, Gene, the underground civilization story? It's one of the underground stories, Richard Shaver. In his case, he talked about the remnants of people who went into the caverns when there was a catastrophe. Right. Thousands of yep. years ago. And that's something that's the stuff of legend. You know, he wasn't the first person to write about that. It's just he called them Deros for the bad ones and Tiros for the good ones. Right. There's just this splendid low-budget movie that if if you find the Shaver stuff interesting and fun, you've got to check out a film by a, uh, a guy named Poke Runyon called Beyond Lemuria. Um, it's, it's a hoot and a half. And it has the shaver lore um, and this stuff, and uh, but but it's a it's a it's a fun romp with the shaver lore and the subterranean civilization stuff. Anybody who loves cheesy movies, I highly recommend this. It's a prized part of my collection. Let me go to another group of stories we hear about underground civilizations. And that's the legends about Antarctica. And you had heard something about this some years back that you wanted to mention briefly. But, of course, just recently, our old friend Tim Beckley came out with another one of these Admiral Byrd books, where supposedly Admiral Byrd discovered this civilization beyond the poles or something like that. But what's the story about Antarctica that you were mentioning to me briefly? Well, basically, and and this is the reason why I'm interested in 
you know, what's being bandied about and what's being talked about now is that in essentially due to a very mysterious event, a series of events in the, in the life of a friend who had passed away in 1989, um, I had reason to, you know, ask my mentor about Antarctica. And, you know, initially he wouldn't tell me. And then uh, I was with the FBI at the time, I think. And then later on when I was in the Air Force, um, you know, the, the subject came up and I asked him again. And in 1997, 20 years ago, essentially all he told me was that back, uh, this would have been after World War II was my understanding, a huge hole had been found in Antarctica. And down in there, under the ice, um, they found huge, giant machinery that was very old. And the way he put it was that this, I guess, the existence of it, the size of it, I don't know, the the nature of it, which he didn't tell me, um, other than it was very old and it was gigantic, um, it supposedly scared the hell out of the people who found it. And he explained that this friend of mine who had died in 89 in 1960 had gone down there and had – when he was with the U.S. Air Force, uh, this gentleman, and had done some classified work down there and something bad had happened to him. He was in a hospital for a year. And um, that's basically what I was told in 1997. Now, you know, this was something that was told to me you know, on the QT and it was not an official briefing. I did not go to a vault and get this officially a brief officially briefed to me with a dossier and all that. Okay. This was something that was told to me by a man who's now dead. And, you know, I kind of just kept it to myself for years. And then over the years, you know, you've, you've seen this interest, you know, that they've talked about what the Russians have found in Lake Vostok and Antarctica. And I thought, Hmm, that's, that's kind of similar to what, you know, he, he had told me. And then, you know, in the last year, of course, we've had this virtually the same basics is that something's been found under the ice and, you know, a cave or a hole. And, uh, you know, there might be the remnants of a lost civilization down there. There's, there's even a story about a, a team of scientists who went down there. And when they, when they came up, they were catatonic at what they saw. Uh, you have all these luminaries going down to Antarctica, you know, uh, Carol, the Orthodox patriarch, um, John Kerry, who at the time is Secretary of State, and he goes down to Antarctica on election day, okay? And and you even have the stories of Buzz Aldrin. You know, he did go down there. Of course, he got medevaced out, but you have all these stories about what he may or may not have said about what he saw down there. It's all very interesting. I think there's a ton of BS that's being said um, and applied to this situation, you know, to for people to uh, milk as much opportunity out of it as possible, um, you know, uh, but all I can say is what I just described, what I was told is that the hole was found sometime after World War II and this ancient old machinery. And basically that's all I was told. I can't, you know, verify it, corroborate it. Um, I haven't seen it myself, but I find it interesting that I was told this really 20 years ago, and uh, it's pretty close to stuff that's being bandied about today. So was I told this information as kind of an inking the water to see if I'd run my mouth with something that I was told on the QT? 
I'm talking about it publicly now, but at the time is when that ink in the water would have been important. Let's discuss this in further detail before we wrap up the show with Walter Bosley, Gene Steinberg, Randall Murphy, and you're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. Homeowners have much more to worry about than just making their mortgage payment. Can you afford to repair or replace your air conditioning when it stops working this summer? Or worse, a major plumbing problem? With National Home, you can say goodbye to repair bills. If you own a home, you could stop paying for these costly repairs. Best of all, call now to get one month of repair coverage for free. Get total protection for your home's major appliances and systems so you have no more costly repair bills. Call 800-887-3022. That's 800-887-3022. 800-887-3022. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $2 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're being taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $2. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 45 blue pills or 45 yellow pills for $99 and add 5 more pills free. You save more than $500. 
$1,000. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call us at 800-590-4987 and get your 50 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now, 800-590-4987. That's 800-590-4987. 800-590-4987. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have one more segment with Walter Bosley. Randall Murphy, known as Usual Suspect in our forums, is a guest co-host. Chris O'Brien will be back next time. And we're talking about shimmering light and all sorts of mysteries, such as the Antarctica mystery. Now, we've got all this crazy quilt stuff going on, Walter. And we're Mm -hmm. in the final segment now, so we kind of want to bring it to a summary. How do we prove any of this? How do we prove the story about Antarctica? How do we prove what the government was doing with mind control years ago? How do we prove if they did stage something like the Betty and Barney Hill contact? Well, that's the trick. The hardest thing about Antarctica is really the the way you can prove it is just you, you got to get down there. And we know how difficult that is. And that's to the advantage of whatever is really going on, you know, to whoever is doing whatever they're doing down there is the fact that it is so difficult to get to and so difficult to uh, be in as far as, you know, the kind of place it is so they have the advantage where antarctica is concerned um on these other things we know first thanks to the church committee in 1973 we know that mk ultra existed we can see the extent to which the uh, cia revealed they were carrying the program we also know it's a fact that the u.s air force was enthusiastically involved with uh, their version of mk ultra so, you know, you just got to do that um, tried and true FOIA request, FOIA request on any documents with that. But I remind the listener that we are not England. We don't have a 50-year rule. And if something is determined to need to remain classified, it can remain so indefinitely in the United States. So, uh, you know, you can try FOIA but it might be one of those fat chance, you know, situations. As far as something like the Tuae de Danand or the, you know, supposed hidden civilization, 
fortunately, you know, we have people, spelunkers and explorers who can go down into the subterranean realms and, and poke around in these cavern systems and um, see what they find. You know, they might find that the most likely places um, or places associated with the legend and the lore might interestingly be, you know, limited access. You know, you find something like that. That's that's very interesting. Now, it could be that it's because it's dangerous, but uh, it's going to take getting out there and using the investigative tools and really, you know, don't take my word for things. Go out there and dig into it yourself. You might find other conclusions. You might find other evidence. You might find the opening to, you know, Shaver's mysterious world of the Darrow. But the point is get out there and uh, dig into it yourself and see what you find. The only problem is if you find the secret world of the Darrow and the Tarot, you may not come back. Or if you find the land of the Tuwede Danan, you might not want to come back. And I will refer the readers to the Jerry Irwin case, which I talk about in my book, Shimmering Light, which uh, Valet talks about in uh, one of his books. Uh, you know, he was never seen again. But, you know, it, bring, it brings to mind the, the movie and the the, the play Brigadoon, which the American goes uh, across the bridge and finds the wonderful Scottish village of 200 years before, and he decides he wants to go back and stay. So there's that to consider. Of course, we had presented the account by the late John Robinson of an artist named Steve Brody, who in the 1940s talked about exploring mines with some friends, I guess in the Southwest. I don't recall where it happened. And they were captured by the Deros and spent years as their slaves, as captives, till they got out. Mm -hmm. And the final part of the story was the comment from Mr. Robinson that Steve Brody had felt they were going to come and get him. And eventually, he says, he thinks they did. And one day, he just disappeared. Some of it sounds almost like a Twilight Zone story. Yes. It's so delightful. I, I love tales like that, even the dark, shadowy ones. It's what makes life interesting to dig into all these things. That's why we're here at the Paracast. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. One of the best things about ufology is digging into all of the different theories, and mm-hmm. it can lead you into yep. adventure and intrigue and fiction, but it also has, it can go the other way and lead you into hard, solid science as well. And yeah learning about space exploration and what really goes on. So it's all wonderful. You know, the the, the ETs could be like the Bradbury story, the Toynbee Convector, which the old man who was famous for traveling through time, and he came back and he told the world, we did it, we solved, you know, we cured diseases, we ended war, we built this perfect utopian society, we can do it, we're going to do it, let's just start now and everybody you know said this is great and they gave up war and they focused on curing diseases and they built this utopia and then the day came when Toynbee was very very old sitting in his wheelchair and the world watched you know on satellite tv or whatever and they they waited for that moment where Toynbee's past self would flash across the sky in his time machine and the world is watching and they're waiting and they're waiting and it doesn't happen nobody sees anything and they turn to Toynbee and he smiles and he says, I lied. <laughs> I kind of expected that was where it was going to go. But boy, sometimes, you know, a lie with the best of purposes. Uh huh. It can make wonderful things happen. 
Well, the thing here is I wonder if sometimes the ET theory about UFOs is itself a lie, but in cultural conditioning, not like the Air Force or the CIA or some kind of black project doing it, but it's a lie to lead humans into space. We see the evidence of creatures possibly coming here, and thus we look spaceward. We look and we think, oh, well, we can now explore other planets. Wow, that planet may have the conditions for life on it. Wow, we can now take what was inspired by the Star Trek TV show, the possibility of warp drive, and get there, not in 100 years, but maybe in four hours. Right. I totally see your point and that 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 could be a valid possibility that, you know, we're being torn bead by this idea that there's someone out there and such. However, my gut tells me, my intuition tells me in, in sodas, you know, throughout history that it might be more of a case where I think they're indeed out there. Maybe they kind of dip into our pool once in a while to do the same thing you just described to motivate us to join them would be the way I look at it, because I most definitely am convinced and and think that they're there on myriad worlds. Absolutely. Well, that's refreshing, actually, because, you know, with all of the sort of down on the ETH there that we tend to hear from time to time on the Paracast, Mm -hmm. you know, we know that there are people out there who have no doubt that alien visitation is a reality. And it's just a matter of, well, how is it being done and how does it fit in with all of these interesting things that you bring up, Walter. I think it's a both-and situation. I think the things that, you know, I've proposed and others that are alternatives to the ET hypothesis, I think they're viable and they're out there. But at the same time, ET is indeed out there. I I don't think one eliminates the other. I appreciate you guys having me on again. I look forward to the next time. My book, Shimmering Light, can be found where all my books are found. That's at Amazon.com on Kindle. And the printed versions can be at Lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. And occasionally you'll see me post interesting blogs on stuff at empireofthewheel.blogspot.com. Again, go to my Amazon authors page and you can find the links to that there and and all the books. So thanks again for having me on, guys. You can find us on Facebook. Look for two Paracast fan clubs, a group and a community. Choose the one you want. On Twitter, we're known as the Paracast. And we have that special episode of After the Paracast you want to listen to with Monty Shriver, the fellow from Aztec, New Mexico, who basically disassembles the entire alleged crash case. That and more in After the Paracast is available if you are a subscriber to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We also offer a commercial-free version of this show and other benefits. We're going to get more content from Paul Kimball's Other Side of Truth very soon. Plus.theparacast.com. Plus.theparacast.com. Walter Bosley, thank you for joining us on The Paracast. Thanks for having me again, Gene. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>